It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. We're back after taking a week off. It was very important to take that week off, and I'll explain why in a little bit. But I wanted to say that I'm here with Jeff. Hello, hello. And Tim. Hello there. And we're back to talk about the Bruins. Now, first of all, we took last week off because, well, Jeff wasn't around. Tim and I wanted to do Pokemon stuff. And the third reason was that we wanted to engage in a little self-care. March and April and further on are going to be just banana pants. That's, that's the new word now. It's not crazy bonkers banana pants. I mean, crazy pants. It's just, it's banana pants. Okay? So, think about it. It makes sense. <laughs> banana pants. <laughs> pants on a banana makes no sense. So, there you go. It's just going to be banana pants. I, I don't understand why March Madness is a thing in college basketball. Because, really, the March Madness is the NHL just before the season ends. Yeah. Yeah. It's just banana pants, right? Everything stops making sense. Yeah. <laughs> Most teams are playing between like 14 and 17 games in this time period. And they're close together. There are many back-to-backs. I think the Bruins have one or two more back-to-backs to go. Two more. Right. Two more. Okay. So, um, but, you know, you could be like the Carolina Hurricanes who have four weekends of back-to-backs. Thankfully, we're, we don't have that. So that's good. But yeah, we, we have back-to-backs. That's good. It's a crazy schedule. So we we decided, let's take a week off. There wasn't really <clears throat> too much to talk about last week. Too small of a sample size on Andre Kaja and Nick Ritchie. So it wasn't really worth it. So Tim and I, we took the week off. And Jeff got to go not get infected with COVID-19 at the Toronto. You were in Toronto, right? Yes. Yes. His Toronto, who's a what's it? Um, for now, we'll just call it the uh, probably the epicenter for, for, for COVID in Canada. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> right. And let's let's just talk about that for one minute. Self-care, guys. I don't know. If I, pro- I think I've probably mentioned this at least once here. This is my year of self-care. I'm learning how to engage in that. And that's very important. And it's a struggle. You know, especially with my mental health issues and, and whatnot. So I'm I'm really trying to work on taking care of myself before trying to take care of everybody else in the world. It's not my nature, but that's what I'm doing. So self-care, everybody, I want you all to take care of yourselves. Wash your hands frequently. Don't hoard items. Don't touch your face. Don't, especially don't touch your nose and your mouth and your eyes. And that is so hard. So, so hard. Okay. Don't really freak out about this coronavirus in the respect of like, you know, you're going to change everything right now unless it's really right in your vicinity. But make sure that you do the the proper sanitation things and take care of yourself. Take care of your families. Self-care is a very important thing. So engage in that. So just had to do that. Had to be the mom for a a little bit. You know, oh, don't listen to what Trump says about it. Well, I mean, just, I mean, you didn't need to be more specific and just don't listen to Trump. Yeah. Take care of yourselves. Don't panic. If you're sick, stay home. 
there you go. That's that's my message. Self-care, it's a wonderful thing. So here we are. We have lots of things that we can talk about this week with regards to the Bruins. And you know the thing I want to start off with, guys? How am I surviving right now without Brandon Carlo? Well, um, how are you surviving right now without Brandon Carlo? I don't know. <laughs> First of all, I did finally get the Brandon Carlo jersey that I've been wanting for a long time because guess what? It's at the pro shop, guys. They have it. I think they replaced the Denton Heinen one. I'm so sorry about that, Jeff. <laughs> they used to have a Denton Heinen one, but now it's it's Brandon Carlo. So, yay! He's made the big time, everybody. By the way, Denton Heinen is doing pretty well out in Anaheim. Are you at least pretty happy about that? Yeah, you know... I'm glad he's succeeding. See, that's the best. I'm really, really upset that it's not happening here, but whatever, you know. I think that they just didn't know how to use him here correctly. I mean, like, here's the thing about it. And again, it's hard to argue that, like, it's been quietly obvious for some time that his time in Boston was through. I mean, hell, you gradually had one by one of the media people slowly turning toward more towards towards what appeared to be Cassidy's thinking on him as time went on, too, right? Yep. So, you know, I mean, the signs and tea leaves were all there. It just doesn't make it hurt any less. Yeah. When when Ty and Fluto consolidate around that endgame, you you know that's what's happening. (laughs) Right. Look, just wish him continued success. Oh, yeah. I'm happy he's, he's I'm happy he's playing doing well there, you know. There so. you go. And David Backus was very happy that Denton Heinen was there. I know you don't care about that. But every time I walk by my calendar and see David Backus and his puppies and his kitty, I feel a little bit bad. But I'm glad that they're all having a new start out there. Back to Brandon Carlo. Oh, my God. I felt like I felt like my heart was being ripped out of my chest but thank you for your your warm wishes and that you would stand with us in our sadness you were the only one jeff no one else sent me any condolences about my boy my boys the boys i'm sorry so okay so i am conflicted because there's part of me that's like a we all know that he has a concussion we know. We don't know if his nose is broken. We don't yes. know if his beautiful face is shattered. But we do know he has a concussion. Should we just keep him out for the rest of the month and just make sure he can make it to the playoffs? <laughs> oh, I say, I get what you're saying. I just want to say no. Be, as long as he's okay to come back, come back. Because I feel like I don't want him to be too rusty in the beginning of the playoffs. This, if someone's just going to be rested for the sake of resting them to an extent, now's the time to do it, right? Like I'm looking at the schedule between now and the end of March, and the, and the team plays three and a half to four good teams, depending on your mileage, on uh, Columbus and, and Florida. So they, they play Philly, Toronto, and Carolina are the only conclusively good teams that they play this month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, like, so it's like Philly, Buffalo, Toronto, Columbus, Anaheim, L.A., San Jose, Detroit, Ottawa. Yeah. Florida, Carolina, right? So, like, three good teams and two question marks. Right. And then they play St. Louis in the last week, the last two game, when the last two games they play. Yeah, St. Louis and Carolina again for the to end the season. Like, they got a pretty squishy schedule for the next two weeks. 
Like after this week where they play both Philly and Toronto, but then like the next two weeks after that are a joke. So like this is a time where you take the opportunity to rest all kinds of people because you can afford to. I like the idea of the resting the, early rather than right at the end of the season. That's fair. And I get the resting thing. Like, I don't mind resting players for certain games. My only thing is, right now, I think I think that Tampa Bay is, what, seven points behind us with a game in hand. And I want to secure that number one. I want to make sure that's locked up before I like start like resting people just because I feel like it's really important for them to get the number one and have like home ice um, throughout and things like that. I just, I don't want, I want Tampa Bay to play uh, Toronto in the first round. I really want that to happen. And I want Boston to just secure the talk. Just it, to me, that's important. I hear you. And, And I can see that. That's a good case there. Yep. Run the next two weeks over, and then and then just let those those and let those harder games at the end of the season do be whatever they are. Okay, yeah, I can see it because like push all in on the free points, basically what Tim's suggesting here. <laughs> exactly. Get get the points that you know you can get. Like like I, my thing is with like with good teams in the NHL, you beat the teams you, you're supposed to beat. You do that, you get those points, and then just play like 500 against the the good teams and you're probably going to be at the top probably going to be very good so i want to push all in secure the top seed and then after that rest guys for a game or two um maybe get a little load management in there um maybe like if you want to still play guys like chara and uh bergeron play them less in games so they're not taking as many shifts and have other guys take more shifts, get more acquainted, uh, acquainted with each other. Um, maybe like the new guys like Kasha and Richie or younger guys just kind of do that. I would be okay with that as well. I just want that top seed. That's what I want. Well, there there is part of me that is like, this is totally selfish because I just want Brandon Carlo to be ready for the playoffs. And I don't want him to have a chance to be knocked out before the playoffs again. But I have a good reason, too, because he was in the playoffs last year. It was a steep learning curve, which he managed to handle very well. And they made it to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. And had other players not fallen apart, we could have won that game. And you know, the thing is both Carlo and McAvoy are better than they were then. Right. So it's like, I don't want to have the defensive problems that we had before. And I want Brandon Carlo to play because, gosh, it took him so long to get to the playoffs. I don't want to see him miss him again. But, you know, I, I get it. He's he's going to get better. He's going to take his time and get better. We have the ability to move around defensemen so that we can make this work. Just please, no more of the John Moore experiment. God. Yeah, no more. No more of that. And I I think, like like Jeff said, I think Carlo and McAvoy are both better. I think the bottom pair is also a lot better with uh, Lauzon than last year. I think the defense is a lot better this year than it is last year. So Grizz had been having off and on a rough season. He's looked a lot better since they've had Lauzon next to him. Yep. Well, with Lauzon, you don't have to worry about the the outbreak of Cliffy Hockey. <laughs> true. Uh, Cliffy Hockey is a 
It's a dangerous thing, you know. I mean, it's wonderful and fun when it's going, but oh my god, when it's uh, well, when it's not. Yeah, yeah. So I think I, I kind of jumped the gun. I think we should explain what happened. Of course, you know, Brandon Carlo was taken out with a an elbow to his face by Evgeny Dodonov, who is oh. now public enemy number one in my my book. And uh, he got a two minute minor for that, although they did bump it up to a major so they could review it only to bump it back down. And which is really not only is it bullshit because it looked like it was intentional, like he literally looked back at Carlo and flung his elbow up. But the NHL rule book states that if a pl- if an injury to the player's head happen head or face happens as a result of the elbow it has to be a five minute like that's the rule it has to be yeah and guess so, what there was an injury to the face or head of carlo and there was no five minute penalty the claim that he was a trying to play the puck and b that he was looking back for his teammates all of that i just don't buy it i just don't i know you could say i'm a homer right now and i don't know what i'm talking about but none of that seems to check out for me i just think that Everything around that was bullshit. I'm just just angry. Just angry. I mean, player safety didn't even think about taking it up either. That pissed me off. Yep. And and that's the other thing, too, is like you said, you people think that it wasn't intentional and stuff like that. That's fine. If that's your if that's your argument, cool. But here's the thing. The rule literally states if there's an injury to the face or head, it has to be five minutes. But it's, it's like literally in the rule book. That's just the way it's worded. It has to be a five minute penalty. So with the injury, it had to be, regardless of its intent or not. Injury occurred to the face or head because of, as a direct result of that elbow. So there had to be a five minute for elbowing, and there wasn't called. Mm. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah. So we all knew that Carlo would not be skating. That he most likely had a um concussion i don't think they've said it they've said oh he feels better than he did but he's obviously not skating but he was at the facility so that's that's good um this is something that uh, fluto had this week he tweeted this yesterday actually and it was really nice bruce cassidy and brandon carlo I think he's one of the most underrated defensemen in the national hockey league when it comes to defending penalty kill shutdown type of role yeah that's what hurts because he's so good at all of that. You know, well, there's the thing. He's um, he's like peak Nicholas Yalmerson. Mm-hmm. Except possibly, except probably better, actually. But then again, I can't say that. I didn't really watch enough Chicago to really say one way or another what peak Yalmerson looked like. But the analogy, I think the comparison makes pretty well. Very mobile, but ultimately very defensive defenseman. Can move the puck, just, you know, has better things to do. <laughs> well, but he's been getting, he's been jumping into the plays a lot oh, more. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. He, he drives plays, he gets assists, you know. He's not like Krug, obviously, but, you know, for your pairings, you don't want to have two guys necessarily that are always jumping up ahead like that because somebody's going to watch the blue line, <laughs> you know? <laughs> A Krug, Clifton defensive pairing might, might 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 be the death of me it'd be so much fun but like so terrifying it would be it's like playing with a hand grenade like it's it's exhilarating but any second that could thing could just explode yeah 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 i i, I don't think anybody's hearts can take that 
Oh, it's, a, it's, it's that old John Bois tweet. Um, uh, you know, oh, NHL playoffs. It's like drinking, you know, doing a lot of cocaine, riding a motorcycle out of a helicopter. Oh my god! <laughs> Playoff overtime. Yeah, it's what he was saying. Oh yeah, I saw somebody this week tweet out something about how somebody thought that the NHL playoffs weren't weren't good. And I was like, you're not watching hockey unless you're watching the playoffs. It is a totally different game. Oh gosh, it is just. It is beautiful chaos. And, and, and you get an energy out of the audience you don't get in other sports because football and, football and baseball, the stadiums are too big. And I just don't get that feeling ever from even like watching like finals basketball. I don't watch much, but it's like this is not the same atmosphere even watching it from TV than hockey is. <laughs> Tuesday's game against the Lightning felt like playoff hockey. Yeah. It really felt like playoff hockey. It was like these two teams are done with the regular season. They're ready to go for the next season, you know, the the postseason. So I was just like, it it was very exciting to watch it. That game was very stressful in the third period because the Bruins were tired. They were just, just winded and they were just like playing to protect the lead as opposed to playing to continue to add to the lead. And and I, I realize you have to be careful about that because it's like uh, if you get a little too cocky, you can lose that lead. And it was a very tight lead. Yeah, it's definitely a fine line bet- between like holding the lead and then like getting too lackadaisical and then all of a sudden you're in trouble. It's a very fine line to kind of play with. And uh, the Bruins, they came out with a win on that game and. Like you said, it was like a playoff atmosphere. If you don't like playoff hockey, then I don't understand why you and like. And like Jeff said, like even with basketball, where the arenas, the people are close and everything like that. In basketball, you don't have the parity that you do in hockey. So like when you have a one playing an eight in the first couple of rounds, like you know that that's that the one seed's going on. Like that's not there's there's no chance of really an upset there, and. Like nine times out of ten, the favorite to win the whole thing at the beginning wins ends up winning the whole thing in basketball. Like, right? Did did you think that the Blue Jackets were going to sweep the Bolts last year in four games? Nope. And the Bolts would look just so hopeless in the process, too, right? No one thought that. No one thought that. So that's why that's one of the reasons why playoff hockey is fantastic. It's just so so much fun. It's faster. It's more stressful. It's it's what you really should be wanting. It is actively bad for your health. It is. It is so and bad. Just... And you want to mainline it. <laughs> oh my god. No, I just, yeah, just 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 tie that one right off. Oh god. I know we shouldn't. <laughs> we should not be joking around about drugs. But man, playoff hockey is as close as I can feel to to doing cocaine and and, and is, i don't do cocaine so that's some of the good shit yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm ready for the playoffs you know how i am i was ready for the playoffs last month if these were playoff if these two tampa games were boy, I mean, not so much last night last night was uh brando was brandon carlos but also just like um un- unconstrained chaos in general the game uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, even both of them, if they're playoff games, in both games, Boston outshot Tampa by 
by 13 in one game and 14 in the other, in the other game shots. Oh, God. Dominated, yep. the dot, dominated the dot. The point is, is like, these gum may have been split decisions here, but really this doesn't look like the sort of thing that would go poorly, likely to go poorly for a team over the course of a seven-game series. And here's the other thing. Like, so Boston lost the season series to Tampa 3-1. That doesn't bother me, first of all. Second of all, Tampa won the last two games proved it. Tampa wants so bad to try to intimidate Boston, and they're just not doing it. They want so bad to, like, beat them up and be like, hey, we're we're going to just, like, hit you, and you can't do anything about it, and we're going to enforce our will, and Boston's like, screw you, go to hell. Okay, first of all, Sorelli cross-checking Chara not once but twice from behind. Okay. Death witch. Oh, okay. So how is that intimidating? That's fucking cowardice. Pat Maroon deciding to go beat up Chara, who is already prone on the ice. What the fuck is that shit? And then it's, uh, you know, and then basically, apparently, Marshy told Corelli to get out there and beat somebody up. So he just picked a guy. He was like, uh two guys were on one of our guys. So I just picked him out and I just decided to, to go with him. So yeah, he he got kicked out of the game for ten minutes for picking something with Kalorn, who was double teaming on one of our teams. So how is this all intimidating? This just seems like cheap, dirty shit. Okay, I get it. You lost Stamkos for like six to eight weeks. Boohoo! But like, I mean, like even like you know Kucherov and stuff are being like that. So like. I mean, like, if anything, Kucherov should be on his best behavior without Stamkos. Like, you know, you know, because mm-hmm. they're scoring runs for Kucherov in point. Those guys got to behave themselves and keep themselves on the ice. It's what it's like. The only qualm I've ever had with Brad Marchand's game is that he tends to cause too many of the penalties that he otherwise would be killing. Right, right, and that did come to bite the the Bruins in the ass last night. But then again, how does Brad Marchand go in the corner and get? quadruple teamed by guys like going after him and he's the only one who ends up with the penalty yeah that, that's oh. so fucked that's so fucked that's that's the biggest like reputation bullshit of all time like i get it brett has a reputation for being kind of a jackass and we've all acknowledged that like he has that reputation, and it's deservedly so. He, we don't agree with a lot of the stuff that he's done, but at the same time, that was horseshit. Like literally, the the entire team just came and tackled him, and he got the penalty. Like what? I'm never gonna say anything bad about Brad Marchand in that in that game four against Carolina last year. You know, the one that made Justin Williams not want to play hockey for a while. <laughs> He ruined the It took him a long time life. to get over that game. It took him half a season to come back. <laughs> I, I, that is like, that's the Marshy that you love, though. <laughs> you know what it is about? You know what it is about there? It was Justin Williams. Is they, they, uh, they, they, they loaded on the game seven module, but there was only one, one data card, so there wasn't a game four module. So he's not programmed to handle, uh, to, 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 to handle being swept. He's Mr. Game Seven, not Mr. Game Four. exactly (laughs) those first six games aren't relevant so if they don't happen so if you don't get further he's just gonna be you know "Eh." that's like asking (laughs) reggie jackson 
to be awesome in May. <laughs> I mean, yes, it is. But Reggie Jackson was also awesome in May. Yeah, but, you know, he's Mr. October, <laughs> right? So He was. Yeah. So Jeter was Mr. November. Mm. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, Derek, because Derek, like Derek Jeter hit one home run in the World Series in November one time, one year, and he became Mr. November because of it. I think that playing baseball in November is dumb. Seriously, that like, like we complain about hockey being too long a season, but like, fuck. I mean, they go to camp and they they go to camp in February now and play until November. If they go to the if, if they go to the World Series, like, how is that I not think, somehow worse than hockey? <laughs> I think that the only reason why it was no that might have been um, two thousand one. So oh. like the nine eleven, okay. that might have been why the World Series was in November because right. like they pushed back the season a little bit. But I but like literally like. Two, was it when the Red Sox won in 2018? Um, game the game that they won that they went to the world that they like clinched the World Series on was like October 29th or October 30th. So, yeah, basically November. Yeah, I mean, look, October is still nice and seasonable to a point, but once it hits November 1st, like everything is gray and cold and awful and dying. Right? I mean, November's the worst. It really is. So, I'm sorry. I'm not, it's not a commentary on baseball. It's just commentary on November sucking. I mean, November does suck. Objectively, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that last night was entertaining in some respects, frustrating in many others because Marshy taking bad penalties is not good. Tuca was not right last night no he wasn't himself especially at the beginning of the game and that was unfortunate and i never thought that i would have so much hate or disdain for a guy named after a fake advertising firm barclay goodrow like i just have this immense hate for him now i just he was another one of those players last night that was just I mean, I think he was in the box for like nine straight minutes. Barclay Goodrow is someone you hire to do your taxes. So I assume trading for, trading for him is basically the same as uh, cheating on your taxes. <laughs> Especially trading a first for him. <laughs> There's definitely some type of evasion there. <laughs> I just want to say something about being in the box for nine straight minutes. Frank Vetrano, the other night, did a Dougie. that was that was hilarious you know the thing about dougie is he didn't just do that once he did that twice (laughs) you you do that you make that mistake once and you learn from it but dougie didn't but this is not about dougie this is about frank vetrano putting his stick out on the ice getting one skate on the ice and trying to play the puck while his other skate was still in the penalty box you can't do that you can't, yeah, can't do, do that. that. I mean, that whole sequence of penalties was so confusing because it was like oh. trying to figure out who had what. Uh, it was it was hilarious and and frustrating. no one wanted a power play. No one. It was just like power play four on four, power play four on four, power play four on four. Like what? <laughs> it it was so funny, so very funny. Yes, I do realize that was the Florida Panthers where we were talking about that game, but we're kind of just talking about things freeform right now. 
Yeah, I think we're are, are we pretty much done talking about the bolts and the Bruins right now? Yeah, just the, the the, there'll, there'll be there'll be plenty of time to talk about that probably in the second round. You can get very upset about losing that game last night if you want to. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to get very upset about it because we need to move forward. I, I just vision that game is the players actually saying, "No, I wouldn't. No, you should play Toronto. No, you should play Toronto. No, you should please let you play Toronto. Please play Toronto." Versus, no, we've done that before. It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting bored of it. <laughs> There's the thing, right? Like I'm just like, ah, do we have? Please don't. Please hold the league, guys. I'm just. I, I'm sick of them. Although you know, let Tampa deal with that bullshit this time. But you know what would be hilarious? Just, just for the sake of being hilarious, Boston gets the one seed. Tampa plays Toronto. Both Boston and Toronto make it to the second round. Toronto finally makes it to the second round. Who do they have to play? Boston. (laughs) (laughs) I have an even funnier scenario. Toronto drops out of the top three. (laughs) I mean. That's looking hard. I know. Florida's Florida's three back. They do still have a a game in hand, but like they seem to be categorically refusing to to make use of it. (laughs) It's like the Atlantic is kind of like, nah, we don't feel like being in the playoffs. I I like, um, I like that the Bruins and the Bolts and the, uh, and the uh, Leafs, they're always in the playoffs. We don't ever want to be in the playoffs. Why would we want to do that? That's yeah. gonna that's gonna affect my golf game, guys. It's gonna affect my golf game if I'm in the playoffs. No, I think the funniest part though is we have basically the first team in the league, the second team in the league fighting over please no please you take the you take the thirteenth team in the league. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to look at that ugly caterpillar under Austin Matthews' nose. Oh fuck. And no one, honestly, no one likes he lost Tampa. Matthews. He, he lost the puck on a uh, on a shootout the other day, which um, you know, it's like, oh, why are people not making the big, as big a deal of this as they did Brad Brad Whiffing? Don't get me wrong, Brad Whiffing was pretty spectacular because it happened out of the block. But Matthews just just dropping the puck behind himself at the faceoff dots. Uh, it's also kind of funny. It, it is. It is. That's because everybody wants Austin Matthews to be the face of the league. And please, we don't need uh, that. We don't. No, we really don't. Like, there's so many better players suited for it. And honestly, I think the other part of, like, uh, Tampa and Boston not wanting to deal with Toronto is everyone hates Toronto fans. No one wants to have to deal with that <laughs> shit for another series. No one. And no one deserves that. They were fucking evil last year fucking evil with the instagram comments and death threats and whatever nobody wants that shit look it's a game and yeah you get upset when your team doesn't perform as well or they lose or whatever excuse you're going to make up for it but there is no there's absolutely no call to do half the shit that they did last year here here's the thing too with toronto i've never seen a group of entitled fans that the entitlement isn't warranted at all as much as them they feel so entitled to winning and everything and they haven't won anything since 19 fucking 67 i would argue new york jets fans but you know i mean them too but like 
But like Jets oh. fans aren't even like you know don't even support like you know the the competent team that plays in that building <laughs> <laughs> in the same sport, no less. <laughs> oh, yeah. How can you just not decide to be a Giants fan? Like they just seem so much easier. It seems like a painless transition. It's like, well, I'm already here. May as well try this one. That's not terrible. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like the one that has like four championships in their life. Like, right. But but Tim, you're absolutely right. I just I hate the entitlement of of the fans because you know I guess you, Toronto is the center of the universe and the Leafs are at the center of the hockey universe. And it's like remember a meteor could could strike the American Airlines Center and a game between Dallas and the Coyotes, and there'd be stories about how this affected the Leafs. <laughs> well, Austin Matthews wouldn't have the chance to go back to Arizona. So like it's really unfortunate. Well well he could because it only destroyed something in Dallas. I'm I'm sure there'd be something to the oh yes, this probably hiatus the 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 uh, Coyotes team for a few years and then reintroduce it sort of like the KHL did uh, Mayarsla did locomotive. Mm. Maybe we're looking at things the wrong way. Big Tampa, they literally just in the last minute lost in the shootout to Detroit. So like, I mean, Ooh. losing to Detroit's a thing we're familiar with. Oh, good. <laughs> Oh wow, they gave up four goals to Detroit too. We've out, uh, we've talked all about that whole like Tampa thing. So let's talk a little bit about that Panthers game this week. Fuck Evgeny Dodonov. Yes, yes. Fuck we... him up as goat ass. <laughs> He's got a goat ass. I mean, like, he does. do you disagree? I I think he's a garbage pile for sure. I I am so sick of Russian players giving my boy concussions. Yeah, what is uh I don't know. They are they apparently are very jealous of Brandon Carlo and everything he brings to the table. I was going to say what do they got against <gasps> Oh my god, they're trying to get revenge for Red Dawn. oh brandon carlo why (laughs) why are they picking on you for that you weren't even a glimmer in your parents eyes when that came out (laughs) i think you solved it very good thing about that Tampa game last night. Did we talk about how Sean Corelli got a goal and then got kicked out of the game at the same time? Not really. We didn't like oh, miss that. I mean, it happened. Something else. How did how, how does that happen? Very carefully. It happens when you decide to go fight somebody in the Donny Brook. <laughs> <laughs> it also happens when you're a ref missing the goal. Like I've never heard of that. Like someone like getting in a fight in the after the whistle from when they scored a goal. Like like that's gonna be a first time or something. 
first time for everything. That's oh, some this Gordy Howe be... shit right there. Yeah, that's a, that's a <laughs> yeah. Sean Crowley um, hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> the first one. No, no, no. Okay, you score a goal, you get in a fight with somebody, and you get kicked out of the game for 10 minutes. There you go. The Sean Corrali hat trick. Um, it, in one continuous event, though. Oh, you can't, like, later get in a fight and get your misconduct. No, 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 oh, no. Yes. It, it's a natural Sean Corrali hat trick. <laughs> there you go, yes. <laughs> so, okay, the natural Sean Corrali hat trick is you score a goal, you get in a fight with somebody, <laughs> And you get kicked out of the game for 10 minutes. <laughs> and 10 minutes, that's important. <laughs> yeah, 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the natural Sean Crowley hat uh, trick. Okay, now we can move on to, to the Florida game, which was before that game, but whatever. Boston played Florida. Speaking of, speaking of guys whose names are law firms, Mackenzie Wegar. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking he's like a Fisher Price Weeble. <laughs> I wonder know? what his middle name is. Maybe you can get Mackenzie something in Wegar. Oh, Tim, I'm gonna look this up now. Oh, I, I, you know, before this year, he was most notable for me in that Sean, uh, not Sean Crowley. I'm sorry, my my other boy Noel Achari got into like that vicious fight with him last year. Some, uh, a, he played with some Halifax Moosehead. He was on the, the um, uh, Memorial Cup winning team there with uh, McKinnon and Drewen and Yeah. Okay, well, I don't know what his middle name is. I don't think anyone does because, like, even even Wikipedia doesn't know Mackenzie Wegar's middle name. No, no. Maybe he's like Homer and he doesn't know his own middle name either. It's and it's just an initial they choose not to share with us. Maybe his first name is Mac and his middle name is Kenzie, and they just combine it for one name for Mackenzie Wegar. So it's Matt, Kenzie, and Wegar. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be really great. If his, first name, if his first name were Mac, his middle name were Kenzie, and his last name were hyphenated. <laughs> <laughs> Wegar. <laughs> Wegar, yeah. <laughs> add an extra R at the end of Wegar, so it's Wegar. Oh, no, it would be so great. It would, it, on International Talk, like a pirate day, it would be Wegar. Wegar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, anyway, yeah. old friend Dog Years also factored into that goal with the primary assist. Uh. And Walmart. Because <laughs> every time, every time Jack says his name, I hear Walmart, not Walmart. <laughs> well, because it's, it's I, I keep feeling like it should be Walmart. <laughs> um, I sh- think it sh- probably should be. He's Swedish, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if he's Swedish, yeah, he's from uh, Sweden. They do pronounce their W's like V's, and um. So he's just chosen to be Walmart uh, instead they- of instead of Walmart then. They they do it to make it easier on the English speaking world, I guess. Um, like what are? Like it, it shouldn't be Cronwall. It should be Cronwall. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and Vladar, <laughs> yeah, because his name is Vladash, but he goes with Vladar because it's easier. 
you know, I mean, Chara's name isn't pronounced Chara. It's pronounced this other way that I don't know. Although what's really interesting is on Behind the Bee, when Andre Kasha came into the the uh, dressing room, um, not dressing room, but yeah, it was the dressing room where he met Zdeno Chara. And he was talking to him. They they spoke to each other in Czech for a little bit. So and then um, and Halak came in and also spoke in Czech a little bit because, I mean, think about it. Czechoslovakia was one place, you know, then they... I was going to say that probably most Slovakians probably at least speak a little bit of Czech, even 30 years after separation. (laughs) Right, right. I I would bet that Czech was the national language and Slovak was a dialect. Oh, almost certainly. And and, uh, Chara being, also, to top it off, Chara being as intelligent as he is, it doesn't surprise me one bit that he's he's speaking... He's a full-on plot polyglot, like, you know, puts uh, Pete Buttigieg to shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love to speak German with with, uh, with uh, Chara. And don't doubt that he and Zeidenberg didn't speak German to each other at times, too. Well, I, I'm assuming that's a big part of what he is. Like, I mean, the man's clearly dedicated his life to a study of not just his body, but to sport. Maybe he mathed it out. It's like, you know what I need to be able to do to succeed in this sport? Speak every language that play people that play it speak. But, you know, I mean, also living in continental Europe, it's not hard. Uh, and it's actually encouraged to learn different languages so that you... But he also sees five or six languages. That's still unusual. <laughs> well, yeah, that's... It's still a lot, but like at the same time, I feel like too, um, with that, he, he's a captain. So I feel like welcoming new players, welcoming young players, um, things like that. I think it goes to kind of the, almost the mental health of the people around him that he's just trying to make sure that they're as welcoming as possible and make it as homely like as a home as much of a family atmosphere in the locker room as possible by trying to being able to speak to everyone in their home native language let's look, look at which language which two like common languages in the league he hasn't learned they're swedish and finnish um because they're incredibly high likelihood of speaking perfect english anyway before they even join the league <laughs> yeah i think everybody in sweden is taught to speak english as a second language for sure I have it on good authority that Denmark, they just like the university straight up run in English. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> chances are you're going to be able to get a job in an English speaking language or, or a country, or it's going to be the common language that you have with somebody else. So, yeah. Okay. So, scoreless first, second, you had Uyghur, um, and then you had Perfect Patrice. On the power 30th. play. Yes. This is his, what, sixth season of... Straight season of 30 goals? No, I, don't know. I don't know if it's straight or if it's just uh, six total. Give me a minute. I think it's I think six it's, total. Yeah, I think it's like third in a row, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Claude, all those years. Yeah, mm. okay, yeah he, was, he was down to 21 in 16-17 and 23 in 14-15. Claude, 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 Claude. Claude. <laughs> da, 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 da. Speaking oh. of Claude, did you see that interview with um, um uh, with uh, Bergevin? I guess he's like, oh, of course we wouldn't fire Claude. Good Claude Julien. Look at the look at look at the quality of underlying. So we just have bad players. I'm like, 
it's not really a case for you sticking around there, um, uh, there, Mark. <laughs> Hasn't he been trying to get fired for a while, and just nobody's it, pulling the, the trigger on that? so. It's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like Trump. He only keeps winning because his enemies keep sitting on their own balls. No, no, no. Metaphorically. <laughs> I'm just thinking about this week. I'm I'm still sad. I voted for Warren. I'm glad I got to vote for her, but I'm sad that she dropped out. And... It's okay. Her um uh, her endorsement. Matt is gonna she's gonna extract a heavy price out of either of them for their endorsement. Probably. I want to see her as well. I mean, I want her out of the Senate, but like Treasury Secretary, please. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, my consolation is I like her as a senator. I, I just like Elizabeth Warren, so that's that's good. Okay, so, so Patrice Bergeron gets his, he gets his thirtieth on a power play with Krug and Marshy assisting. <sighs> what a dream team! But you know, the best is yet to come, right? Now we talked about Frank Vitrano doing a, a Dougie. That was so entertaining i loved it no goals in the third period that was i think that's when the the melee of penalties began right where it was like everybody gets yeah. a penalty it was oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah i didn't stick around for the third in that one i was i'd only just gotten back from toronto and was tired so like and after watching carlo go down i'm like well this is fucked and anyway i was so sad i i still am so sad but anyway your boy, Tori Krug, in overtime. What time in overtime? Oh, four oh eight of overtime. Wow, wow. So that overtime was was stressful. Because... Yeah, it was. Fuck. We're gonna end up going to go to the shootout. Oh. I can't let that happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, Andre Kaja though. He's like three for four in the shootout. Four for five. He's like seventy-five to eighty percent. He's like a hundred percent in the shootout, almost. No, anyway. Um, so Tory Krug said, "I got this." Scored that on a slap shot, and you know what my husband said. You know what Glenn said. He yelled out at the TV screen, "Pay that man eight million dollars." Were there people on freaking Twitter this week saying he's not worth seven five? What the f- what 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 what? what? I don't know. Oh, I hate this fan being the, the, the so much. Contract discourse is so dumb. I can't believe it. Like it's a hard decision to make. I get it because he's thirty, because he's twenty nine. But like, the, the hey. thing is, if and if Krug were like six one instead of five nine, everyone would be okay with it. Well, That's like the only difference. Well, yeah, there's a concern about his size because smaller guys don't traditionally. Uh, last in the league very long, but he's already lasted how many years now? I don't know. I mean, I see a lot of Marnie St. Louis in terms of just, you know, being mighty. Tory Krug is very mighty. <laughs> right. So, you know what, Donnie? We know that the cal- calorie, let's try that again. The salary cap next year is going to be somewhere between 84 and 85 million. On the condition that Players Association uses the escalator. Okay. Which is 
from everything I've been reading, no guarantee. I mean, we even had Brad Marchand compl- bitching a, on an on Instagram post about that, bitching about escrow. All right. I didn't hear about that. Well, scratch that. Just pay him. Let's go. Come on. I mean, they're still going to have like $20 million in cap space. Pay him. Just fucking pay him. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it's like it's not going to be the hard. Like, there's literally no scenario you can give Jake DeBrusque a long contra- term contract yet. He, he has to show it against consistency before that. That's the boy's looking at a two year at a two year bridge. Yeah. Nope. You know what? If you gave McAvoy a bridge year and Carlo a bridge year, maybe for different reasons. Because of just you could not pay both of them this year a huge amount, um, but you're still giving them both a chance to feel out things, and and we know that defensemen don't really mature until they get well. Now the standard is 200 games, but 26 was the old thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is when people are no longer RFAs, right? Yep. Right. So so basically, the whole idea is you gave them bridge years and they are both like okay let's do it you know McAvoy slow on the offense this year but what this is his third season so and he's having a truly phenomenal defensive season like on like 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 low-key fantastic right also like the scoring is like is what has come along he's now up to five goals i think he's got like close to 30 assists like 26 assists maybe so like the scoring has come along 27 assists yeah there we go yeah yeah no i mean his you know goal scoring he, that's... he only has 13 fewer assists than krug and well only four fewer goals actually like to think that that gap between him and krug is way smaller than you would expect in terms of scoring to be honest also, <laughs> also um Especially, I would say, in the um, Florida game, uh, he played. I think it was the Florida game. He played t- like over twenty-seven minutes. Had three block shots. He's he's been really, really great. I I mean, um, I feel like we have we do have some. I'm like I'm I'm comfortable with Chara retiring in the next couple of years because we have McAvoy. And you know, on the cap thing, I I just have this feeling that that I don't know, nothing to go by it. That that I have this 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 gut feeling that's like, you know, what he's going to do? He's going to trade Krejci for his last season, based on how Stunnik is doing in the AHL. Yeah, Stunnik is playing really well, and not only is Stunnik playing well offensively, he's leading the league in shorthanded goals with seven as well. He's playing very well defensively. So I, I just have a gut feeling, it's like you know, if he, tra- they, he gave up his first, possibly with the intention to giving up Krejci at the draft for a good, for a decent first, and uh, and then and, and going with with, with Bergeron, Coyle, Sudnika next year. Hmm. So basically, this is the all-in year. Next year is the gap year where he probably doesn't expect to make a deep run, but still be positioned to pivot around right away right right away into another run for for Bergeron's for for Bergeron's last season. And again, I'm confident he retires at the end of his contract, but anyway. <laughs> well, okay, we're jumping a little bit more ahead than I would like to right now. Sorry, that wasn't planned. I hadn't even I had only no, spent no, a bit of time thinking no, about it. No, yeah. no, 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 it's okay. I I just wanted to follow up on on Tim's point. Of I feel confident when Zidane Otara retires for the fact that you have McAvoy 
and Carlo. Because Carlo eats huge penalty kill minutes. In fact, I mean, Chara still does too. And they're often a tandem, right? But, you know, that he's coming to his own in that respect. So you can put him, well, maybe not with uh, with McAvoy, although they do sometimes play their offsides. But you can put him else uh, with somebody else who's at least competent and maybe not expert, maybe not like the best, but he'll hold his own. So. I mean, I do think as soon as next year, the teams, they did, we're going to start seeing Cassidy's go to protect the lead, shut down, uh, um, pairing, being, Car- being Carlo McAvoy if they, if the handedness works out. Like. Right, right. So, yeah. Okay. So, so basically, the point is, is that those two guys got bridge deals, you know, uh, Carlo is the shorter deal, so he's got to work out something, right? A little bit sooner, but that's okay. That means he's got an extra year to work on the McAvoy deal. That's fine. He's set up things very well. And then with with Jake DeBrusque, yeah, he needs more seasoning. You need to see what you have before you give that guy a truckload of money. That's that's all I'm saying. That's that's my point. I just I think that uh, I he's so wildly inconsistent. He'll be so hot and then he'll be so cold. I mean, based on the number of goals he scores, like I, I say, two years, three million a year. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so basically, I would be fine with that. But your priority next season, uh, and hopefully you get it done before next season. Your priority is locking up Krug. So, if my husband is yelling at the TV screen, pay that man eight million dollars a year. Well. He does not say that lightly. Let's just say that. I, I'm confident that an $8 million, $8 million a year for the first few years, at least in the first few years of that contract, would be at or, above, would be at or below market. Yeah. If his if scoring stays like this for three years, you've got you, – you, 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 you turned it. And here's the thing about a lot of offensive defensemen. When they get old and their scoring goes down, they turn into good defensive defensemen. Think Dan Boyle. We've had a couple weeks of Andre Kasha and Nick Ritchie. Yes. And we've had a week of them being on the same line, even. So what do we think about those two players? It's still a small sample size, but it's a larger sample size than we would have had, say, last week. I, I do have a few things to say about it. Okay. First of all, I did say I was going to be a Nick Ritchie bandwagon unapologetically just because someone has to. And I'm still there. And I'm still there. Nick Ritchie, tell, continue to tell people I'm going to kill you and stuff like that. That's cool. Andre Kasha, I think, has been very good. I think he's... He's start. He's getting more. Com- each game, he gets more comfortable. He's also like literally everywhere on the ice at the same time. He's extremely quick. And I, we did have a little bit of commentary on Andre Kasha by a rather um, rotund individual that we all hate. <laughs> um, his name be will be Joe Haggerty, and he said, "I'll preface this by saying Andre Kasha has been pretty good in the games he's played since arriving in Boston, but." He's also got one assist in five games. 
He looks like a solid third liner on a good NHL team. Once again, the fancy stats crew have overstated their case with this guy. And to that, I say, fuck you. Because I fucking, first of all, fuck Joe Haggerty. Second of all, this is such bullshit with a five-game sample for many reasons. It's a five-game fucking sample on a new team where you're trying to get adjusted to the new line mates. Oh, and by the way, the first game he played with Boston was February 27th. The last game he played before that was February 7th. Like, literally three weeks. So we're, got, we're talking about a guy who is rusty from being off for three weeks, playing with a new team and new line mates. Also, someone responded with this. Well, you know, quite the conclusion of, after a giant sample size of five, to which Joe responded, a playoff series could only last five games. I'd say that's enough time to make an initial judgment. No, it's not enough time. Because, listen, one, two, three, four, five. That's not a lot. And second of all, Joe, how about we take a look back as early as last year with Charlie Coyle, his first couple months in Boston, how he had like three points and then in the playoffs blasted onto the scene and was unfucking believable. And this year has been very, very, very good. And having no Charlie Coyle would be very, very, very bad. So, do I say fuck you? Andre Kosh has been really good, I think. And I think he's going to continue to get better and gel well on that second line. Amen. All I can say about Joe Haggerty is he advocated at length years ago for trading Brad Marchand for, for, for Patrick Marlowe, at which point he should have lost his job and been shunned. And yet here he still is. Last year, wasn't he was always on the tr- trade Tuca bandwagon, but what about the trade Krejci? Didn't he also say something like that? Or was that Jimmy Murphy? It, it, they're both so similar. Yeah. Again, the one that gets me is when they blew up the team in 2015. He was calling from, or before that even, he was calling for trading Marchand for, for, for Patrick Marlowe. It's like, fuck you. Yeah, that's that's not going to work. And it, didn't, and it didn't happen, thankfully. Tim, I also want to point out Marcus Johansson. While he did not stick around he was shaky at first and he didn't really come into his own with the team until obviously the playoffs. I mean, there was that lung contusion in there. So yeah. Well, yeah, (laughs) that was bad. Um, But I'm just trying to say that I'm just adding to his point, just a really tiny point to his point. Um, Yeah. Look, sure. That line hasn't completely caught fire yet. And I don't expect it to catch fire yet. Uh, Krejci's a little more difficult to play with than, say, Bergeron. Yeah. He's too crafty, and you need to understand where he needs you to be. Whereas Bergeron will make wherever you are where he needs you to be. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so, so they're coming at it from a different angle, right? And that's an all-world player versus just a career-excellent player, right? Like, yeah, Krejci, you need, you need to be able to re- know where he's going to send you, where, where, where he needs you to be. That's the thing. Right. You know, basically... Andre Koch is speedy. I want him to make sure his head is never a point of contact anymore. Yeah, that's scary. You know, he got the knee-on-knee thing the other day, so I, I don't want him to be injured because obviously, you know, he needs more time to, to to warm up with that line. The Nick Ritchie being on the second line is the interesting part to me because I had him pegged as a third liner, but maybe because he's played with Kasha before and they had a a good amount of success. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Kasha makes Richie a lot better, and Richie brings down Kasha a little bit. Shocker. And I think I think Richie being on the sec second line is less about Richie and more about Jake DeBrusque. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a shot across Jake DeBrusque's bow because it ter- it appears that uh, at the present day. Uh, Anders Bjork's not capable of being a threat to him. I mean, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> Bjork is holding on to the roster by his fingernails at the moment, it would seem. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that. He went really on the outs very quickly. Or maybe over time, but we just didn't see it as as well. Yeah, some of the, the some of the lineup changes have been very interesting lately. I like Corelli on the wing. I do. I like him on the wing. I think it frees I him do. up to do some stuff a little bit more. Well, I mean, the easy answer there is... Con- Continue scratching Nordstrom and play a fourth line of uh, of uh, Lindholm centering Corelli and, and Wagner. I actually really like that. Like Lindholm's low key, and you used to joke that he's on the ice. Nothing happened one way or another, but like actually, kind of he's, he's crafty. Yeah, I feel like a Boston fan should make a uh, their own version of um uh, of 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 um uh, of 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 War Agar and called it Par. <sighs> And so it was zero as being, you know, being par Lindholm. So how how much above par or below par are you? Uh, <laughs> and also, I think Nordstrom's been playing though as well because that with the third line, Kuhlman's back down in Providence and Bjork's not playing. Oh, I missed that Kuhlman had been sent down. Yeah, that was just. Yeah. This, I think that was either Friday or yesterday. When they uh, when they activated Cliffy, they sent Coleman down. Weird. Oh, I mean that's a cap move because they don't have roster space issues. Because we're after the deadline. That's true. If if you're not going to play him, put him down in Providence where you can play. Because you oh, ha- you also- can right. So. <laughs> yeah. Could it also be to be eligible for the AHL playoffs? That, no, no. That's um at the end of um. Uh, at the trade deadline, so what, you know, 4 p.m. Oh, Eastern okay. or whatever it was on the trade deadline was when anyone who's eligible for the HL playoffs had to be on the roster okay. or will later be on a ATO, right? So uh, Bruins don't really have anyone that fits that description. But I believe that he might have been a paper transaction. Yeah, he day. and Lozon were both paper transactions. Yeah. All right, so there we go. I, I think, honestly, I think it's just if he's not going to play up here, give him some time to play down there. Why have him sit? There, he's not learning anything. Now, bleed is the more complicated issue. Yeah, he needs waivers to go down. Well, at this point, you just keep him, right? Because we're after the deadline. So don't don't waive him. You got the roster space as long as the cap can take it. And I, I feel like he may actually, he would probably get um, claimed. I feel like he's like the type of player that someone would like take a chance on. All right, so so we have agreed that uh, Kasha is probably going to get more acclimated, and it's and the points will come. His shot totals have looked pretty spiffy. Just changing places isn't necessarily going to get isn't necessarily going to get a break a, um, uh, a a shooting percentage bender one way or the other, right? So he can also create his own shot pretty well. We've seen a lot of that where he just kind kind of he kind of shoots from anywhere. Um, it's not one certain spot on the ice or anything like that. Kind of just shoots from anywhere, and um, that's good. I mean, just keep shooting. Eventually, it's going to start going in. And and I got to say, on the matter of Nick Ritchie, 
it hurts me to say it. It hurts my soul. But like he's growing on me a little bit. Like like that first game was not good. It was not good at all. No, no, it wasn't. It's like okay, I can see there's something here, but like I've been fooled before. Those early games of Brett Ritchie weren't too bad either. So like, we'll see. I think the best thing that happened to Nick Ritchie is not scoring a goal on his first game with the team. Yes. Uh, yes. Agreed. A Brett Ritchie scoring in his first game with the Bruins, Gesundheit, was just the worst thing that could have happened to him. It was. Because we all expected more. Not just two goals. We expected a lot more. I think, I was going to say, I think it also helps. And, I mean, not a lot of people are going to enjoy this, maybe. But I think it also helps that his first fight, he absolutely, like, killed someone. Like, like objectively killed that man. Oh. But, yeah, he, he poor yeah, Riley Stillman, though. Yeah. Yeah, Riley Stillman just... He, he like, stopped trying in, like, that fight. And then, like, to make matters worse, like, partway into the fight, um, Richie, like, went like he was going to punch and didn't punch. He faked him, and Stillman flinched just so <laughs> bad. <laughs> just like, oh, that's <laughs> not good. <laughs> oh, my God, Nick Richie, schoolyard bully. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> It's basically what it is, and and like yesterday, I think he got a ten minute game misconduct at one point yesterday too. Um, he he literally like was like skating off of the second period, got into it with someone and was like, I could you could clearly make out the words. He was like, I'll fucking kill you. Like <laughs> like I was just like, yes, just keep saying that. Like I'm okay with that because I kind of believe it. Like I, I he's someone that kind of does use his size, which. Bruins fans in historically quite love quite a bit. So, yep, they're the same people who said trade for Luch. Yep. <laughs> uh, brain worms. <laughs> so we got to give this time. Be patient, guys. I know, you know, the Bruins are doing fine. They're okay. Little blips here and there. Tuca, Tuca's going to get back on track. It's going to be okay. Yeah. That's the pep talk. Fine. Even though I tried to pep talk uh, um, Tim last night when he said, Every, this this game is hell. I'm like, oh, Tim, it's early. He's like, doesn't mean it's not hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw, I was about to put the, we were about to put the game on. I saw that and like, well, in that case, let's just do something else. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you missed the fun. <laughs> the two shorthanded goals on the same power play, I was just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I was not enthused at that point in time. Well, you know, what's really funny is we were coming back from dinner and we had the game on the radio. So we heard about the first goal in the time that it took us to get out of the car and into the house and the TV on. That's when the second goal happened. Yep. And so I'm like, oh, what? Are they showing the replay from the goal that we missed? He's like, no, that's another goal. I'm like, what? Oh, I know. Tim, I, I just have to try to be positive for you when you can't be. That's all. I appreciate it because uh, I'll be the first to admit that I am extremely reactionary when it comes to sports. 
so like it's just my style and i've i've gotten a lot better over the years it used to be a lot worse but i still am very reactionary even though i try not to be in those two goals were so awful they were the first two shots of the game for tampa and you're just like oh hey in that that florida game i was freaking pissed off because of brendan carlo obviously i understand it's like there are times like things will make you very very upset right now they're playing a banana pants schedule remember banana pants it's a new word we're just gonna have to deal that's it and i'm gonna have to deal with my loss and i hope he comes back soon or something or i don't know i just want him to be back for the playoffs (laughs) and sean crowley if he scores another goal Please get kicked out for 10 more minutes because that was funny. <laughs> I feel like you got to do it like once a month at this point. Like score a goal and just like get thrown out. <laughs> just to keep things interesting. <laughs> like oh, yeah. That goal was the equivalent of an illegal chick to the head of the goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it did kind of cave their heads in, didn't it? It, it did. It was, oh, uh, it was wild. It, it I, that that whole sequence. I just the only thing that I can come up with that sequence to to describe it is in is thanks to the movie um, Blades of Glory when he says something is mind bottling because it's so crazy that it puts your mind in a bottle and that's that's just how i felt about that sequence oh my god mind bottling (laughs) (laughs) i don't think we really have to talk about injuries since we basically i basically cried about one for a while so yeah i think we're we're set there yeah so cliffy hockey should be returning any day now and I will take him over John Moore right now because that sucked. Yeah. So much less. So much less, John. Please. I Huck. Less is more in this case. <laughs> That's very, very true. Poor John oh. Moore. But, man, you just don't got it right now. So uh, I just do want to make one more point. I went to – I celebrated International Women's Day by going to see – Boston Pride in their semifinal against the Connecticut Whale. And uh, let me just say, one, uh, a player momentarily was hurt in the first period, but she came back in the second period, so that was okay for the Whale. But in the second period, just before the end of it, a Pride player got elbowed in the face by a Whale player, and they assessed the, the penalty after the time expired. Because it was like really seriously seconds before the period would end. So they assessed the penalty. She got a 10 minute misconduct for that. No, I'm sorry. I'm not 10 minute. A five minute misconduct for that. Which is still more than Dodonoff got for the Brandon Carlo thing. So, mm, so angry. It sounds like uh, Connecticut had a whale of a time with the pride, huh? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Uh, the Boston Pride, they won five to one, and they are in the Isabel Cup final this Friday. Oh, are you are you going to go to the game? Because I feel like it's a perfect day for you to go because it's Friday the thirteenth. 
(laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Um, I'm going to see about going because um, now that I actually sat in a seat instead of doing standing room uh, at Warrior, uh, uh, sitting and watching a game at Warrior is fun. Um, So I would rather sit and watch the game. The last few games I went, we, we had standing. And I will say... My husband is the one who bought the season tickets and we already re-upped for next year. So next year we are sitting. So that's going to be good. I can't wait. So it's really my husband, Glenn, who is the one who's uh, trying to support women's hockey some more. And like I said, we we upped our tickets for next year. We re-upped, I should say. And, uh, you know, it's going to be fun seeing them play more in the future. So I hope that they win this this uh this season this would be their fifth season and it would be their second cup so hopefully that's what happens so nice yeah yeah Yeah. so we are boston pride season ticket holders by the way and i'm wearing my my boston pride t-shirt maybe as i get to know the players a little bit more then i'll decide on jerseys but at least one of you will like the jerseys because they're gold so hell yeah gold yep um, so, and they got a sweet logo and they have paw prints on, on their wrists, basically. It's fun. Okay. So shall we talk about the schedule of this week? Yes, we should. All right. So, uh, this week, uh, Bruins have, uh, three games starting on Tuesday. That's February 10th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. And it's a gritty game. <laughs> it's, it's gritty. Philadelphia. <laughs> Yay, Critty! Oh wow, this is their third game. I didn't know they played twice already. Huh. Also, they're actually playing really well right now. I know they're they're a little scary. This will be a fun game also, to watch. Gritty, really gritty, mostly. But yeah, <laughs> Critty. I I'm going to Philadelphia in uh, May for my birthday and a Pokemon event. But I can't wait to go to Philly, and I can't wait to hit the pro shop and get some gritty gear. (laughs) Thanks. Okay, yeah, so that should be a fun game between the two of them. I hope it's not on NBC. You know what? (gasps) Oh, no, it's on Nessun, too. Okay. You know it won't be a fun game on on Friday the 13th at Buffalo. Mm. Oh, Buffalo, no. Poor Buffalo. Like, like I think the Buffalo fans are starting to turn on poor Jack Eichel now too. Like everything Buffalo touches turns to it turns to ash. <laughs> but David Krejci for Jack Eichel. Who says no? <laughs> <laughs> David Krejci. Yeah, <laughs> probably you're right. <laughs> David Krejci would say no. I I feel bad for. Jack Eichel, he is in a situation that is tough. Yeah, and he's so good. And that team is just not getting better. I don't, you know what, I don't know him enough about the situation to really know what the problem is, but I suspect it's uh, probably GM and up. Well, I look forward to uh, my July 20, uh, July 1st, 2027, when he signs in Boston, then. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, at this point, I feel bad for Sabres fans at this point because they're so bad and they constantly, they like sell out the stadium constantly. They're there supporting them. And honestly, 
Buffalo's the Sabres aren't supporting them back. Like it's just oh, I feel bad. I really do. And this oh, the, started the, off the, so hot. Yeah. The, 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 the Pagulas are just so awful. <laughs> I you're you're right, Tim. I feel bad for the fans. They support that team through thick and thin, and they deserve better. So they do. And then the next night we get a far worse fan base. But yes, we do. The next night it's home in Toronto, in in, in, in Boston, seven p.m. It's our, it's our last game of the season against Toronto. Yes, on Saturday, fourteenth, seven p.m. Eastern time, at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you might as well just say Monday's game just for the hell of it. That's true. Show won't be out by then, probably. And then Monday, March 16th, against uh, at, at home against uh, Columbus. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that one. Me either. But it, you know what? If Tuka Rask doesn't get concussed in this game, we're already winning. True. Very true. Yep. All right. Maybe we should just do the thing. Okay, so uh, listeners, uh, thank you. You've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, wherever your podcasts are found. Um, if you uh, if you like us, rate us a few stars, recommend your friends on whatever medium it is you choose to listen to us, and of course, follow us on on Twitter. That would be at Barely on Topic, or on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. And then, of course, there's always the uh, there's always the option of following our individual Twitter accounts. Why I don't know, but anyway, I'm of course at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson, and I am at Natural Sean Corelli Hattrick, aka BananaPants.com. Also known as at BA from RI. Tim. Word. <laughs> <laughs>